Thanks for tuning in to the Blitz Morning Show. This week, this is my top five video games. Alright, thank you for tuning in to another wonderful episode of the Blitz Morning Show. My name is Toby Brendel, and I thank you on the journey of my favorite top fives of all time. We have did top fives of the worst video game, TV shows, favorite movies, favorite podcasts, favorite radio stations, and now this week, my five favorite video games. Man, oops. I've had so much hardship when it comes to this particular subject because I've playing, been playing video games since God knows the early 80s when I was just a little young tidget with Coleco or something like that. I don't know. I was having issues trying to figure out with this particular, uh, how would you say it, subject, because I've played so many video games over the time, some are great, some were bad, some I just played because I could play. The one part that was really hard for me was trying to label it so I could figure out what were the five favorites. Like, was it the gameplay? Was it uh, playing with friends? Was it the hours that I put in to certain video games? It just, it was really frustrating trying to figure out the top five. So, I will explain the reason why this particular game is on the list. First up, many of you who have followed me since the dawn of time would know that NHL 2K5 has to be on this list. And you're thinking to yourself, Toby, why is this game on your list? Let me explain it. NHL 2K5 was one of those games that were very underrated and very underappreciated from the gamer standpoint. One of the reasons is because it did not have good graphics. The graphics were a little low. The people didn't really have the full face to it. So, of course, people looked at it, played like maybe five minutes, cut it. Like, didn't even bother to continue to play, continue to get to know the game. So, I felt that it was very, very underappreciated. When I first started playing, Playing the 05 versions, I played EA Sports NHL 05, and I did not feel that it was good. 04 had a very bad taste in my mouth. NA, what was it? XSN Sports did come out with their version in 04, 
I loved it. It was smooth, great ideas, concepts, didn't carry on, and I wanted to move on. So I bought 05. And when I played 05, it wasn't what I was expecting. It had options that really got you really confused, and I didn't like it at all. So I might have played it for about a month and shelved it. Was messaging one of my buddies, and I said, yeah, NHL 05. It was very underwhelming. It just never was fun. And he goes, okay, for like 35 bucks, you can go get NHL 2K5. It's like, wait, what? All right, well, it's a different game. Why not? Played it. At, and like everybody else at the start, I didn't like it. But once I started getting into it, into the season, it started to wear on me as a positive and let me tell you, by the end, this has to be one of the most advanced video games of all time, especially when it was in like the 0405 season. It is no, I guess it would be 0506. Anyway, it just was that much better than anything I could have ever accepted. It had things back then that Electronic Arts finally started put into the game. 2K5, it had the poke check. It had more movement with the stick for sweeping. Uh, stick control so you can do deeks. What else? Uh, pinning up against the board. If you, if you were being pinned, you could hit your B button and try getting out of it. You could pass with their skate. Uh, you had chemistry when it comes to your lines. So you could find the perfect chemistry. You could practice. Like, it was so advanced for the gameplay. It was unbelievable. And it took Electronic Arts at least three to four years after 2K came out with it before they started stealing it. 2K6 just got more cartoonish. Graphics did get better, but it wasn't as good as 2K5. Just plain blunt and simple, NHL 2K5 is one of the best hockey games ever. There's a lot of people that are going to say NHL 94 was some of the best because it included the one-timer slap shot. If you've actually followed this particular game, you would absolutely see it was one of the best ever. And also, another thing that I liked about it is at the time that I played this game, I was up north, and my buddy Terrence and I, we decided we were going to start our own season. So, of course, I was Calgary, he was Tampa Bay, and there was we were having so many issues and when I went online it actually said you have to turn off the computer tra the computer trading feature because it kept locking the game up that's why I called it mode duh so him and I we decided let's screw Calgary let's screw Toronto let's make up our own team so that's when I created the Essico Blizzard and he created the Saskatoon Barons we played a good two and a half seasons straight. And the hours that we put in were just absolutely unbelievable. 
the the feature that was very interesting when it came to this particular game is the time. If you landed, say, on February 21st, for example, and you and your buddy played that exact same time, if you take a look, you will see a timestamp. One could be at 7.30, the other one could be at 8 o'clock. So the way this works is the person who is first on that list with an earlier game time has to play first before the second game or the first game gets simulated. So if I was at 7.30, Terrence was at 8, I'd have to play first, then Terrence. If Terrence decided he was going to play my game, simulate, and go from there. Which is absolutely awesome. Another part that I really, really liked about this game as well was you could actually go to the all-star game and do like for example hardest shots skating stick handling everything like that like it it was a full competition of the all-star game it was so much fun then if you took a look at my team and terrence's team there were two totally different teams but yet when we played it helped the all-star game so NHL 2k5 was a very good game ahead of its time and that was the reason why it has been included on this list next on the line from the exact same era think it was 06 that it came out or 06 that I found out about this game was the Midnight Club Dub Edition. This game was absolutely awesome. It was more of a free roam kind of game for racing. And what do you mean? Well, instead of, say, playing Need for Speed where you were on a track. Side roads were closed. You only had one way to go. Need for, or Midnight Club was more of an open concept. So if you started at the starting line, a little thing appears in the distance, and that was a checkpoint that you had to hit. You could take back roads, back alleys, different ways to hit that. But the goal was to actually hit those checkpoints. It doesn't matter which way you went. The only thing that matters is you going through that check stop, which that concept was absolutely unbelievable, and I loved it with a passion. (coughs) Another thing, the amount of cars that were in this game kind of blew you away. It had cars. It had trucks. It had everything than you can imagine. Like, for example, it had Cadillac, Coupe de Ville's, El Dorado, Chevy Bel Air, like the old school one, the Impella, Impella SS, 
seventh generation. So you had classic muscle cars, you had exotics like the Chrysler, Lamborghini, Mercedes, McLarens, import tuners, Chevy Cobalt, Corvette, the Neon, the Viper from Dodge, Mitsubishi, the Eclipse, luxury sedans. Yes, they actually had sedans. SUVs and trucks. Choppers. Sports bikes. And even traffic vehicles. Like the amount of vehicles, it was absolutely insane. And you could do so much to it. You can have different layers of paint. You can do this. You can do that. You can get wheelie bars. I... God damn. Sorry about hitting the microphone. It's totally different. It's something that... I got with my uh, new microphone. So just bear with me. Maybe if I use my other hand and do this. <laughs> God. I guess it is what it is. All right. <laughs> All right. So what was also great about it is my very first car was either an El Camino or it was a Monte Carlo, like an older one, like a late 70s or early 80s. I had so much torque within the vehicle because of all the upgrades, it twisted the body. Like when you started the race, you hammered on the gas, you could see the whole entire frame twist because of all the torque. So, of course, to prevent that, you would have to install wheelie bars, strengthen the frame. And it was just little things like that that was absolutely awesome. The creators, I think it was Rockstar, of this game, knew what they had. It was starting to be a cult following just because of all the cars, what you could do, a lowrider, nitrous, um, chop the roof, tint, like you whatever you could think of could probably be done in this game it seriously gave need for speed a run for the money that's how awesome this game was the only issue that i had with this game was when midnight club dub edition remix came out i know for a fact the develop the developer realized they could make more money by releasing another version, but with more cars. Don't get me wrong. It was a great idea, great concept. But when you played it, it didn't have the exact feel of the original one. So, I still played it. It wasn't my favorite, but the original has to be up there. Just... It was great. And there's still times that other games followed and copied Midnight Club's version of free roam racing. For example, Grand Theft Auto. I played Grand Theft Auto 6. It had the exact same thing. You could take back alleys, different streets, different roads. If you got to the checkpoint, you made it. So Dub Edition did actually kind of open up more of a style of racing, which 
you know, it's absolutely cool with me. I'd still love to get my hands on that game and actually play it. Like, it was... It was great. I absolutely effing loved it. All right. Number, the third choice for the top five. Sled Storm. You heard me talk about the player Snowcross game in my first episode with one of the worst games. This is one of the best snowmobile games ever made. It was great. You could have four players. Uh, you could do tricks, take shortcuts. You could do kind of not off-road, but you could go backcountry racing or even snowcross. You soup them up. You go over to snowcross, and with snowcross, the one thing I didn't like is you could actually get kind of a um, what is that called? Like a motorbike. A snowmobile. It was fast, you could get tons of air, you can do absolute tricks, but it just didn't have the same feel as your regular snowmobile. <coughs> Even to this day, Sledstorm is fun to play. I downloaded on an emulator and it brought back so many memories of the late nights when I started racing, started playing. Even the four-player games that I had with Hoyman, Roman, Darren, myself, like, it just, it was so fun. I know you guys are going to be mad at me when I say this. Another part is when you run over that little damn rabbit and get 2,000 points. It's a video game. I get it. It really has no meaning to it. And if it happened today, I'm pretty sure there would have been a lot of people like massively pissed off at it just because you're hitting a animal. But another thing about this game besides like the tracks, the gameplay, the different style of God damn it, tricks was the soundtrack. The soundtrack itself was mind-boggling and mind-blowing. You had Rob Zombie. Uh, I can never say this band. It was, oh, Econoline Crush, Easy Rollers. Uh, yeah, basically, that's about it. Uber Zone. So, like, for Rob Zombie, you had Dragula. Econoline Crush, you had Sparkling Shine, Nowhere Now, and even Surefire. Like, the soundtrack itself was great. One of the kind of cool little um, tricks of the game is as soon as the game started, you can pop the lid, take the game out, put in a normal CD, pop it down, and it would start playing. And the game would never skip, never lose a beat. You could go through the whole entire game itself and play your CD. Then right before the game is over, you could take it out, put the other disc in, close it, and still continue to play. It was a neat little trick. It was a pain in the ass, especially when you wanted to play it. But with 
Econoline Crush and Rob Zombie, why would you take the disc out, just put in another one, when you have those two artists alone that absolutely effing rocked? <laughs> it was fun. Like, and of course, it was a good drinking game. Because it wasn't really, it was high competition, but it wasn't. I was more of a trick guy trying to break records for tricks in the game. Trick most points with a trick at one time. And I think it was 2200 and I did that with Jay and it was uh, Superman I do believe. But yeah, it was it was great. Next up for my favorite top five list. Rainbow Six Las Vegas 2. This game. The Rainbow Six 3 series. Not the original Rainbow Six that I brought up in the worst video game. But the Rainbow Six 3 series. Got me hooked on first person shooting in this particular style of game. Because you played Rainbow Six 3. Then... Black Arrow, which just like Midnight Club Dub Edition Remix, was quotation, expansion pack. It sucked, but I got back into it when I got the 360 and I played Las Vegas. But Las Vegas 2 was one of those games that even today, as we speak, you give me an Xbox 360 with the game in my file, I will still play for hours and hours. The one game that I... Okay. The storyline, it was good. I completed it. Online, I I was really never a first-person shooting online player. Which I'm kind of regretting. The one part about this game that I absolutely loved was the terrorist hunt. That is my go-to thing. It doesn't matter who I play. One of the best partners that I've ever had when it comes to the terrorist hunt is Terran. Well, terrorist, Terrence. Okay, let me rephrase that. Is my buddy Terrence. Him and I, when we first played Rainbow Six, we absolutely kicked ass. We had game strategies. We knew what each other were doing. And I feel that if him and I did the terrorist hunt... On Las Vegas 2. We would have beat every level. Every level. With every difficulty. Turned right up with all the terrorists. That. <coughs> the game itself would have been like. Whoa you two guys are good. But of course we never played it. Next up was Doug. Him and I. We tackled this game. We played. We played. And it got to the point where we were starting to get a rhythm. And it was actually comical when we were playing because there will be times where it would be like, Doug, behind you! And we, I would yell across my trailer to help him out. Like, it, it was comical. Then, of course, things happened. He went his way. He um, did his life. I did mine. And we haven't played since, which was a massive downer. But, really... It is what it is. You can't live 
from what it was. You have to live in the time of day. But anyway, Rainbow Six Las Vegas 2, it was one of those games. It was very addicting. One of the best memories of this game was I hopped on Terrace Hunt online and I'm playing. As soon as they started talking, it's like, oh man, these guys are from like the deep south. They have their accent. And once you start listening to them, you realize that the group of people you were playing with were black. So, of course, they had the slang, they had the talk, they had the knowledge of everything. So, I'm going, I'm doing my thing. There's one guy that was standing in front of me who was turned and looked at me. I said, oh, S, behind you, dude. The guy never turned around. All of a sudden, with the way that he talked, he goes, Oh my God, we got a white crack up in this joint, man. Hey, cracker, what's up? I started laughing and it just, I had absolutely nothing to say after that. It was the way they said it. It was absolutely hilarious. So to them, from all the times that we played, I was known as cracker. <coughs> I had no issue with it. It was funny. It was fun. But the one game, I was waiting by a door. One of the guys came, opened it up, fired off a few rounds, died. And I stood right where I was because the door came out. Okay, I was standing straight. There was a wall to my right and a door a little bit in front. And, of course, these computers guys are so dumb. One guy comes out, padap. Another guy comes out, put out. No word of a lie, 10 to 15 guys came out of this door. And I kept shooting. You would think, if you've seen a pile of dead bodies, why the hell would you go through that particular door? It seriously didn't make sense. But of course, they kept coming out of the door, kept coming out of the door, kept coming out of the door. And whatever, put out, put out. I kept shooting them. And the guys, they were laughing. They were like, man, this crack is on fire. <coughs> and so there's me laughing. And I eventually did I did eventually win the game. But, yeah, those guys were just so dumb. There was a pile of dead bodies right in front of them. And they kept walking right out. And I just, put up, put up, put up. <laughs> When I mean I love this game, I still played it until, what was it, until about a year ago when I upgraded to the Xbox One, but it was a fun game, I love it, I almost completed all my ranks, I think I have one or two ranks left, <coughs> and that was one of my main goals was to do it, so I might bring out the good old 360 the disc, play it, and kick ass. Alright. The next and final game is Gran Turismo. 
This game set the bar for racing car games. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You could pick your car. I had a 1986 Toyota Supra. And I raced it, got my license, which was very interesting at the start. So I got my A, I got my B, started racing, started racking up the money. And it was so much fun. Because when you went for your license, different cars have different handling abilities. So, of course, you had the little ones that had quick accelerations, quick braking, but couldn't last long. You had more powerful cars that were heavy that were better at handling, but sucked at braking and acceleration. I think it was a Honda Prelude where if you hammered on the brakes, the braking system in the original Honda Prelude would pull you off, I think, to the left. So you had to compensate by fixing it and ensuring you wouldn't hammer on the brakes, which made you go left. So every car had its own different physics, which I absolutely love until you upgraded it. Then it got a little bit better. But yeah, it was one of the top racing car games ever made, and I'll still stand by it. Like Forza, the newest versions of Gran Turismo, cannot live up to the standards of this game. One of the most, I had, let's just say, out of all the hours, it was probably one of the top that I've put. I played that thing until I got the uh, Xbox, like the original, just because it was so much fun. And, of course, when I got my last license, that's when I stopped playing and blah, blah, blah. My favorite car on this game was a Chrysler Con... It's like, what was it? Dodge Concept or Chrysler... Copperhead. To explain what it was, what it looks like, just imagine a baby version of the Dodge Viper. It had the exact same front end. It was a smaller wheelbase. It was kind of shrunk, and it didn't have that huge engine that the Viper had. But man, when you tuned it just right, it was one of the best cars. Correction. It was the best car in the game. It. The way that I had it. <coughs> I lowered it. I stiffened the suspension a bit. I made the quarter mile. 10 seconds flat. Because on this game. That's basically the key point. There's, what was it? You didn't want to go too fast. You didn't want to go too slow. <coughs> and you just needed that quick speed off the start. And that's it. So, what was my top speed? I think it was about 200 miles an hour. When it hit that quarter mile. I was breaking records left and right like it was absolutely insane 
just for the simple fact when I'd take a corner some cars you would have to slow down to like 40 miles an hour this one 100 boom right around the corner on the very first big race you would hit the straightaway you would go around a big sweeper just kind of kind of like the Daytona 500 corner you could hold the gas you could go around it you would not lose traction whatsoever 200 miles an hour right around it was absolutely beautiful where like for example Ernie him and I would play he would take the what is it GTR 33 quarter mile I think was close nines or under nines would blow me away on the straightaway but for the rest of the game cornering that's where I'd have them it pissed him off so bad then when it came to Hoyman he had always picked the Supra the Supra would hit the low nines then of course I would pick the concept car and I'd blow past him and there was another time where he says that's it you cannot pick that goddamn car it's like alright whatever so I'd pick another one he'd pick the Toyota I'd still kick his ass it was <coughs> unbelievable plus even the amount of cars that it had it was unbelievable you could buy new you could buy used you could do so much to it and tuning it it just it was for being released on the PlayStation it was just an absolute top of the line game when people were trying to find things that were wrong with it some of the things that people bitched about and never gave it a full 10 out of 10 on the ratings was the fact that you had to let off the gas on basically every single track or else you would crash really that was the only thing you could find wrong with the game is you couldn't hold your gas around at least one corner to me that's a little lame but it is what it is well you guys that is it for my five favorite podcasts i do have honorable mentions which i might actually do another show for it just because this list was so big I had to break it down to the five most favorite. And some of the honorable mentions are going to get missed out. They were good. I had fun with them. I got to bring them to the forefront to get you guys interested. Like one of the games, when everybody heard about it, they started laughing. They took a look, seen the graphics, again, laughed at it. But by the end of the night, they absolutely loved it and it went from a bottom of the list four player game to one of the top three so 
I might actually do that in a few weeks, but only time will tell. Well, if you have any questions or comments, or if you have a top five list that you want me to do, make sure you email me at theblitzmorningshow at gmail.com, as well as follow me on Twitter at theblitzmorning, and I'll hop on it and get it done. So if you suggest a top five, I will get it done for you as quick as possible. It's my number one priority, and it will push my other lists down the line. So make sure you get that in there. Well, you guys, thanks for tuning in, and I will catch you later. Power up. Power up. Let's go. Let's go.